Welcome to the ministry of Faith Community Church of Indianapolis. We pray this message is a blessing to you. To learn more about Faith Community Church, please visit us at FCCIndianapolis.com. Well, as I was looking at the podium earlier, I thought, is the podium taller than me? This would be bad. Uh, my son is Wyatt's age, my nephew Wyatt, and Isaac is maybe just maybe a half inch shorter than he is, and Isaac just gets, keeps getting taller and taller, and same for Wyatt, and so it's like, I feel like, am I getting shorter? Are you serious? You know, so it's kind of funny. Um, I want to thank you so much. It warms my heart to be here this morning, and those are not just words. I mean, if you haven't gotten, if I haven't gotten to talk with you, and you haven't gotten to talk with me, please stay for just a few seconds when everything is over, and I would just like to give you a hug and say thank you. Um, This is really a special place. I want to encourage you guys about that. I know sometimes you might feel small in number or maybe feel like, man, you know, things aren't moving forward the way I would like or the way we would like. But you need to know this is a very special place. And as we were doing our Sunday morning thing, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me to encourage you guys that you need to make sure that you're saying the right thing about this body of Christ. Don't curse it with your words. Don't speak negatively about it. Don't put it down. So what? It's not perfect. Guess what? The church that that we attend in Uvita is not perfect either because guess what? There is no perfect place. But this is what the Holy Spirit charges us with. We have to, you know, we have a voice. God gave it to us. And we're going to talk a little bit about words today, but I want to encourage you guys to think about what you're saying because what you're saying you are calling for and you are speaking some things into existence that that maybe you don't want to, maybe you do want to if you're already on track. But that's just how I want to encourage you. When you talk about faith community, I want to encourage you to bless it, to speak life to it, to speak growth to it, and to say good things about it. But before I get into all of that, I really want to thank um, Pastor Chuck and Miss Noni and Pastor John and his wife Gina and my friend Jean is here with me today. Just, just show yourself. Jean, Jean does so much to help us, and she deserves a round of applause. She does so much to help us. Um, and you guys, we are so thankful. Let me tell you, the, the offering that you guys just sent down, I just can't wait to, I just can't wait to talk more about that. But thank you. I want you, I'm going to, I wish I could look every person in the eye, you know, and span the audience like they teach you in speech class, right? And just tell you how grateful we are. It really does. Even if you don't know me personally, I want you to know that I appreciate that you care about what we're doing in Costa Rica because it is what God is doing in Costa Rica. And I can say that I can brag on him, right? But I can, I can tell you, what God is doing there, I'm just humbled to be a part of it. Now, it is a lot of W-O-R-K, but I'm just humbled to be a part of it. And God is amazing. But, you know, without what you guys do and what you and Gina do and what Jean does, Jean does a lot of things for us here in the United States, and she helps me. Well, she really does the website, and I add the text, occasional help from Isaac here and there. Um, by the way, my son is a computer guru. He loves computering. He's like our IT department at school, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, But I want to thank my mom and dad, too. Father, where art thou? Oh, 
Okay, well, my dad has let me, my mom and dad have let me drive their car all week. And I want to tell you, that thing scoots. And it's so exciting to be on paved roads. Let me tell you about that. And, um, you know, after you've, I don't think I've been to Indiana for a couple of years, but let me tell you, when you, when you get back into the States after you've lived in a third world country, man, you appreciate the Army Corps of Engineers and city planning and the fact that somebody had a plan, you know, to put together the city and, you know, to decide where the road was going to be, simple things like that, that we take for granted here. But I'm telling you, it is not like that everywhere. So I just encourage you, you know, I, you know, we have Facebook and we get news on our, on our TV and all that stuff. And I hear and see so much division in this country, and Pastor Chuck, you said something about that, and it's one of the things I'm going to talk about today. But it is such a shame. We are still the best place in the world to live. Let me tell you what. I I've, haven't traveled over, you know, on the other side of the globe recently, but I've traveled, you know, in this hemisphere recently. And let me tell you what. It, it could always be better, but this is still the greatest country on the face of the earth. I know our president is not perfect. No president has ever been perfect. But we still are called to honor him and to pray for him and to bless him. And, and God has really put on my heart. You know, I have a neighbor. You know, let me finish that thought. I just get so excited. God has put on my heart to bless the United States, to bless our president, to pray for him to make good decisions. You know, so whether you agree with everything that he says or not, if you call yourself a believer like I do, then I have a really clear mandate that God has given me, right? I believe that God is calling us to bless our country and to be people who do not bring division, but be people who bring unity. And the way we start, you may say, I'm just one. Well, guess what? One counts. One counts. One count. If you have the word of God in your mouth and in your heart, and you're willing to be a mouthpiece for Jesus Christ, you count. Because I am learning more than I've ever learned before. That I can call those things that be not as though they already are. Romans 4.17, I believe. And I can speak some things into existence. And that is a power. Now, don't get weird on me. I'm not being weird. But that is a, a gift that we have as people who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And people who are in tune with the heart of God. Do you know you can create things with your words, just the way that God created things with his words in Genesis chapter 1. You can, and I can, and I really love that. God's really shown me a lot about that. But I'm just saying, God, it's, it's a privilege to be a part of what he's doing. Um, I want to tell you a couple of, of short stories. May I do that? Okay. I'm trying, you know, to say things that will interest you. But this is so special. Before the school year started, God gave um, me a word and Scott a word that this, 2017, would be a year of salvation for the kids at school. And it hasn't been like that so much up to this time. We haven't seen, you know, like kids coming to Jesus or anything like that. But this year, it's, it's totally happened. Um, at the start of the year, so back in February, I was teaching a group of first graders and one day, I mean, I was telling a Bible story, you know, which I love to do that because I really get into it and I think it's funny. But anyway, one of the girls, <laughs> she just, she put up her hand in the air and she goes, so what do we all need to do to get saved? 
I mean, a class of, of nine first graders. I mean, I was talking about like Nicodemus or something, right? And she's like, like, duh, teacher. You know, she said, so what do we need to do to get saved? And I was like, Holy Spirit, you are so cool. So, you know, we went in a new direction, and the whole class prayed. The whole class got born again. Don't tell me that a kid doesn't know the choice they're making. I know people say that sometimes, but let me tell you what. They know what they're doing, and it was her idea. Now, those kids have chapel every Friday, and they have lots of chances, you know, to receive the Lord and to be born again. And I'm pretty sure she's prayed before, but for some reason that day, you know, she, seven years old, was just like, what do I need to do to get saved? And I thought, you know, just don't anybody tell me that that kids are not old enough to make that choice, you know, to make that decision. And then that same week, the next day, um, we had a, a family that was getting ready to move away, and it was the last day of school for their kids. And this nine, I guess he's like nine or ten, but it was his last day. And I was doing chapel. I do chapel every Friday for the fifth and sixth graders. Scott does chapel for the 7th through 11th graders, and I'm so glad he gets them because his is a hard group, and my group is a little bit more receptive. They're full of questions, but that day we were talking about something. They have all these wild, wacky questions, and some of their parents are getting saved now. The Friday, their last Friday of school, and I was doing that chapel, and he was at the end of the table, and I was standing at that point trying to bring peace. They're a rather boisterous group, and he looked at me, and he's like, he goes, Miss Bridget, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> this fifth grader, and he's, he's a little dramatic, but he's such a good kid. And he was like, I don't want to go to hell, Miss Bridget. Tell me what I need to do. But he will minister to his parents, won't he? And the day before, it was, when it, it was his sister who got saved in a first grade class. And so they're back in California. But Jesus touched their lives through our school. And, you know, we have gotten a little bit of criticism like, you guys have a school in a foreign country, but they're not wearing rags and they're not dirty and they're not poor. But let me tell you what, doesn't God care about the rich as much as he cares about the poor? Doesn't he care about all of us? And God's planted us in that community to minister to people that have money. And, and that's okay. It's kind of a place that, that draws. It's a vacation spot. So it draws people that some of them are independently wealthy and, and some of them have to work. But their kids matter too, right? And they matter as well. I guess it's okay for me to say this. Some of the things Scott and I are feeling in our hearts is that we will start, not right now, but we will start schools all over the country of Costa Rica um, as he leads us with each one. And um, it feels a little overwhelming, but I know he'll be with us to do it. And we also have started to feel a leading in our hearts, not now, but at the right time, that we will start a church. And it'll be a church that's not bilingual because um, there's nothing wrong with the current church. It's a great church. But what we really have on our heart is that God wants a church that's just for the white English speakers who are speaking English, because as, as stupid as it sounds, sometimes they don't want to go because they don't want to sit through the translation. And I know that sounds like, well, wow, wow, wow. But, you know, God is so good. God is so good that he wants to meet them, right? The area where we are, you know, the Tico people are really poor, the Costa Ricans, but there are a lot of very wealthy white people from all over the world, and, and God has called us in, in that community. It'll be different at the new school, but God has called us to minister to those people. And so I just want you to know that that's what it's about. That's where it's at. Cool things going on. Buckle your safety belts. Now, if some of you were thinking that I'm done, I'm not. I've got more. When I was praying about what to share, 
with you guys a couple weeks ago. It was so cool. God told me exactly what to say. And I love that when he does that. You know why he does that? Because he loves you. And, and he wants you to hear his heart, right? So, and, and I know he hears your heart from your, your pastors and certainly, certainly. But I was, I was just excited because he gave me something really specific. So let me find where I want to start. You know what? I did not pray. Let me pray. Will you guys agree with me? All right. And listen, if you pray in a spirit, yes, pray in tongues. If you pray in tongues, well, let's just do that for a minute, all right? Let's edify ourselves and build up our most holy faith. We just invite you here, Holy Spirit. We worship you, God. We want you, God. We want everything that you are. We want who you are. And we worship you. And Holy Spirit, I've already asked you just to help me to say exactly what you want me to say, the way you want me to say it. And I know you're going to do it. And I'm so grateful for that. And we honor you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Good, good, good. All right, so this is exactly what I felt like God wanted me to speak to with you guys. You know, I mentioned earlier that our country is in such a place of division. You know, I get it. I get it. Even living in the back country of a third world nation, I hear it all, right? I hear what's going on here. I see it on the news. Americans down there talk about it. But we are called to a higher standard. Ooh, wait, wait. Did did you hear me? We are called to a higher standard of living. We are called not to complain about those in authority over us. We are called to, huh? Pray. Yeah, we're called to pray, and it's our privilege to do that. I'm going to take you to, by the way, disclaimer, neither one of these Bibles are mine. My Bible was too heavy to bring in the suitcase because the first flight I had to take out of town was like a puddle jumper, Dean. It was like a puddle jumper. And it was my first time on that flight. And I just could only have like 30 pounds or something. So Carol, thanks for the Bible. Mother, father, thanks for the Bible. But I may be just a little off kilter. Um, go to Romans. Nope. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13. I don't hear any pages turning. Are you guys turning your pages? Okay. You know, it's so nice to just come here and be myself. Is it okay for me to be relaxed and not formal? <laughs> you know, God is so good. Do you guys know? I don't know what I would do without him. I don't know what I would do without him. I don't know. He's so good. Okay, so I'm in. Romans 13. Yes. Okay. Starting in chapter, uh, verse 1. Here we go. This is the amplified version, so I'm going to try to make it less wordy, but I really love this version. Let every person be loyally subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist do so by God's appointment. (gasps) Therefore, he who resists and sets himself up against the authorities resists what God has appointed and arranged in divine order. And those who resist will bring down judgment upon themselves. For civil authorities are not a terror to people of good conduct, but to those of bad behavior. Would you have no dread of him who's in authority? Then do what's right, and you will receive his approval, God's approval and commendation. For he is God's servant for your good. 
ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't love everything President Trump does or says, but what did this say? Wait, what did it say? For chapter, verse 4, for he is God's servant for your good. Whether I like him or not, whether I agree with everything or not, it was the same when Obama was president. Whether I like him or not, that is really immaterial to God. Do you get that? That is really immaterial, whether you agree or whether you don't. Now, you know what? I, sometimes when I talk, I feel myself, I'm not mad and I'm not being mean, but I feel like the authority of the Holy Spirit. And today, I'm not mad and I'm not mean. I need to smile more. But this is serious. God wants you to hear what I'm saying today. And it's not me. It's his word. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he doesn't bear um, and wear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant to execute his wrath. Therefore, one must be subject. One must be subject. Whether we're talking about the street signs, whether we're talking about handicapped parking, whether we're talking about putting your grocery cart back, right, Mom? Whether we're talking about, you know, not just leaving the vegetables that you decide you don't want halfway through your trip to the grocery store in Kroger, not just putting them wherever on the shelf, but if you decide you don't want it, putting them back in the produce section. Whether we're talking about those things or we're talking about the weightier matters, like those who are in authority in our land, God wants us to honor them. We have to be subject. Why? Not only to avoid God's wrath and escape punishment, but also as a matter of principle and for the sake of conscience. But when I was getting ready for this, let me read that again. Therefore, one must be subject. This is verse 5, Romans chapter 13. Not only to avoid God's wrath and to escape punishment, but also as a matter of principle and for the sake of conscience. Wait a minute. I could take that and I could say, if I am speaking against those in authority, whoever they are, if I am cursing them and not blessing them, if I am speaking evil of them, am I going to incur God's wrath? You know, when I was getting ready for this meeting, I, I heard the Lord say, I heard the Holy Ghost say, um, some of you, and, if, and it's not all of you, all right, but who it applies to, take it, okay? I heard him say, some of them are wondering, where is my blessing? Where is this promise from God? Where is that promise from God? Where is my blessing? And I felt the Lord tell me, for some of you, it's right here. You curse your authorities. You put them down. You gripe about them. You gripe about taxes. You gripe about all that stuff. You complain about it. You know what? The Bogarts pay taxes in two countries. Yes, we do. Isn't that awesome? We get to pay taxes in Costa Rica, and we get to pay taxes in the United States. When, when Scott, like, shared that with me, he handles the money and, and all those different things that have to do with the school and et cetera, et cetera. He's really good at that. I was like, you know, I felt this weight, like, oh, my gosh, we get double taxed, you know. Gosh, this is crazy. But, but it's okay. God has called us there. He knew what it would be. He knew what it would involve, and he gives us more than enough to do all the things he's called us to do. The same is true for you. And whatever he's called you to do, the supply is there, but you have to believe it, right? You have to confess it. Listen, I'm going to go on. For this same reason, you pay taxes. Verse 6, for the civil authorities are official servants under God, devoting themselves to attending to this very service. Verse 7, render to all men their dues. Pay taxes to whom taxes are due. 
Revenue, to whom revenue is due. Ooh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Respect, to whom respect is due. And honor, to whom honor is due. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to respect people? Yeah. Yeah. Whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them or not, and I'm going to tell on myself, I have developed a bit of road rage living where I live because you can, the, the laws um, for traffic and driving in Costa Rica are very different. For example, if I want to pull out onto the main road, um, you know, in the U.S. we're taught you looked left, you, you look left, you look right, and then you make a decision based on good judgment about the timing to pull out into traffic. Well, there, you know, they don't have to attend driver's ed or, you know, the different things we have to do. And they don't look, they just go. And I guess they have lots of faith that the oncoming traffic is just going to stop for them. So I can be on my way to school in the morning, and I'll be with my children, whom I've not set a very good example for, admittedly. But I'll be just driving, you know, not, not crazy fast because I know what could happen. But someone, I'm serious, like, will just pull out in front of me and, and go, like, 10 all right? And everything is in kilometers there and not miles per hour. But they'll go like 10. And, and Isaac, Isaac will reach, he'll reach over and be like, mother. He calls me mother. But I call you mother. He calls me mother. And he's like, keep it together. Now, think about what you're going to say. You're going to be mad at yourself later if you say what you said yesterday. So get it together. He's, he's, so, he's like my little conscience. He's so great. And then Abby, Abby's in the back seat coaching me like, come on, mom, you can do it. You can do it. Just let it go. Just because see, I want to pass him. And then I want to honk like, you know, are you crazy or taking your life into your own hands? But, but God has been dealing with me. Wait a minute. Show respect to all men. Honor to whom honor is due, respect to whom respect is due. That's a little bit of a different situation. But wait a minute. If I'm supposed to show honor to all men, I chose to move there. Huh? Did I choose to move there? Say, yes, Bridget, you chose to move there. Are the laws going to be different? Somebody say yes. Yes. Are, are the traffic laws going to be different? Yes. Are, is it a different culture altogether? Yes. So if I've chosen to live there, do I have a right to gripe about it? Thank you. And guess what? And neither do you. I don't. And neither do you. This is a big thing. There is so much division in our country right now. And I believe it grieves the heart of God. And you can make a difference. When you hear somebody saying something negative, I'm not telling you to walk up and be a jerk and say, shut your face. You know, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, you know, what I try to do in my community, because it's, there's a lot of backbiting, it's a small town, you know, and when I'm in a conversation and they're putting somebody down or, you know, just being really malicious, I'll try to say, well, you know what? That's not my experience with that person. They did this for me, or they did that for me. I'm sorry that you had that bad experience, but this was my experience. You know what I'm saying? I'm not being a jerk, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring peace. And that's what God has taught, called us to do. I don't know where the verse is, but isn't there that verse? As, as, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Make every effort to be at peace with yourself, at peace with your fellow man, and also to have peace with God. I read it the other day, but I can't place where it is. Okay, verse 8. Keep out of debt and owe, owe no man anything except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. 
relating to one's fellow men, meeting all of its requirements. You know, it comes back to love. But I just ask you to think about that. You guys can't control what I do, and I know I can't control what you do, but I know really specifically that God wanted me to just bring that to your remembrance. And so I want to encourage you in that, to think about how you talk about our president. You know, we should... (laughs) We should, I know we're all perfect. If we were all perfect, we would all do these things. But I want to encourage you now more than ever, your country needs your prayers. Your president needs your prayers. You need to be blessing him and blessing his family and blessing all the people that work in the White House, blessing all the people that work in the CIA and for Homeland Security, blessing people that work in the Pentagon, blessing people that make those decisions. And, you know, I've been praying for people, praying for those people in those high Uh, positions in our country, that God would give them foresight to see evil before it happens so that we can be prepared, whether it's a terror attack or whatever it might be, but just that God would give them foresight to be able to see before whatever happens. And I ask you to join me in doing that. I ask you to bless and not to curse. I ask you to speak um, positive things and not to talk about all the time everything that is wrong. And you know what? This works not only on this, you know, this, this more um, broad level, but also in your lives. And I'm getting to this next point. We're going to talk a little bit about words. And this was my next point that the Holy Spirit was very explicit with me about. But listen. Not too long ago, the Lord told me, and I was reading Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, 30, and 31, and he was showing me, I mean, God doesn't like cussing, okay? But he was showing me, and this was like such a thing to me, that giving the negative report, being a negative person, and always, you know, not being the Joshua and the Caleb, but being the person who says it's not going to work, that is just as evil to God is being someone who runs around and, you know, you curse like a sailor. But you know what? I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, it's even worse. To be a negative person and to, you know, play the devil's advocate all the time, that's an expression we use. No. God is asking us to be positive, to side with him, to be persuaded by his word. If you see it in his word, then seize it. Then take it as truth. Can, can I persuade you to let the word of God be the final authority in your life? No, I mean it. You know what? Yeah, we've got to do that. We've got to do that. We've got to, if, if I read it in the word, I'm at this place right now. Because you know what? Scott and I need some big things to happen, right? If we're going to do all this, um, we've got to, I was telling my mom the other day, we've got to learn about money and finances and how to believe God for things like that. So ever since we moved to Costa Rica, we've been kind of on a track where, you know, we really felt the Holy Spirit. I had, in, I had seen glimpses before of, um, you know, seeing bits and pieces in the word of this place where we could live in prosperity and in more than enough and in the fullness of his spirit. But I hadn't actually experienced it in my life. And I'm learning about that. And guess what? I need to know everything this book says. I need to have the Holy Spirit dealing with me day by day and revealing more and more to me if I'm to do the things God has called me to do. And I am not different from you. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what God has called you to do in your neck of the woods. You are important. Now, wait a minute. Are you guys guys with me? You guys excited? I get excited. The other day, Isaac said to me, I thought he seemed sad, and he just said, Mom, I'm not like you. He said, I'm very happy. 
but I don't have to do what you do. He said, I don't have to jump around and smile really big. You know, sometimes I look at Abby and I go, and she goes, and she's like, why do you always do that? Anyway, it's so funny. But you are important. You are important. God has a plan for your life. You matter. You count. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. Listen, if the book isn't closed yet, then you got stuff to do. But you got to want to do it. And he won't do it for you, but he can do it through you. But you've got to agree with it. I want you to stop cutting yourself down. You know, I guess, I guess when I lived here, you know, I thought it was like holy to be like, oh, I'm just me. What can I really do? Do I really matter? Do my words really mean? No. Yes, you do make a difference. What you've got to offer in your little neck of the woods, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in the places that you frequent in the community, you've got something to offer. This might sound funny. But I used to watch Joyce Meyer all the time, and, and I really love her. And, and I used to always feel like, well, I'm not Joyce Meyer. She's reaching all these people. What can I do? But guess what? She doesn't live in the back country of Costa Rica. God sent me there to be a light, to be his voice, to minister to the people that he's put in my world. And the same is true for you. Can I persuade you today? Can I persuade you today that you matter and that you count and that you can be that light? You can be that help to somebody that really, really needs it. You all know there's a lot of um, darkness and not very much hope, right? You know that people are, are kind of down in the molly grubs in general as a society right now. You have something to offer to change that. Let me take you really quickly. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me find First Peter. In my Bible, I've got it color-coded, and so I'm struggling just a little, but that's okay. First Peter chapter 2, verse 12, goes along with what we just read in Romans. Conduct yourselves properly, honorably and righteously among the Gentiles, so that although they may slander you as evildoers, they may, by witnessing your good deeds, come to glorify God in the day of inspection. Uh-oh, here it is, verse 13. Be submissive to every human institution. <gasps> Ooh, I'm going to do it again. Are you ready? Be submissive to every human institution. Be submissive to every human. Maybe if I say it like that. Be submissive to every human institution and authority for the sake of the Lord, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to bring vengeance to those who do wrong and to encourage those who do good or those to encourage to bring vengeance to those who do wrong and to encourage those who do good service. Verse 15, for it is God's will and intention that by doing right, your good and honest lives should silence the ignorant charges and criticisms of foolish people. 16, live as free people, yet without employing your freedom as a pretext for wickedness, but live at all times as servants of God. Verse 17, oh, here it is again. You ready? Here it is again. Show respect for all men. Woo! Show respect for all men. Listen, I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not being called to the table on right now, too. We have a police force down there, 
But my word, don't depend on them for anything because it just doesn't work that way. I'm not putting them down. It just doesn't work that way. You cannot dial 911 and have somebody come to your aid. I just went through all this first aid training with all of my teachers, trying to make sure they know what to do if someone's choking, they know what to do if you know a student breaks their arm or whatever, because I cannot depend on EMS to show up. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta have I gotta have them having a plan about what to do. Now God is with us and we don't have accidents at our school. But um, you know, I'm not putting them down, but I'm just saying it's a it's a different world. But I need to show them respect and to talk about them honorably, right? Show respect for all men, treat them honorably. Verse 17, love the brotherhood, reverence God, and honor the emperor. Well, we don't have an emperor, but we do have a president, right? I do have civil authorities in my life, like police officers and governors and mayors and TSA when I go through the airport. And sometimes they don't look happy, do they? No, they're mad at you before you show up. And it's, it's hard to know why, but Bridget smiles and, you know, takes off her shoes and jewelry off and smiles and and you know sometimes you get one that you know might decide to be happy but you know I actually had a really good experience on the way here but God has called me to honor them to honor them all right next thing words words we've talked a little bit about words let me just um think about where the Holy Spirit wants me to go with this praise you God because I've got several verses. Thank you, Father. Because I understand that it's almost noon. Are you guys hungry? I'm getting hungry. I forgot to eat breakfast this morning. I said to my mother as worship was going on, I don't want to appear to be sacrilegious. But I said to my mother, I forgot to eat. I should eat now. So I busted open my fig bar and ate half of it. By the way, can't buy those fig bars in Costa Rica. Right now is really fun because I went to Kroger the other night. And let me tell you, there are so many choices. I meant to run in and just grab a couple things, and I found myself just, you know, just meandering through the aisles and just basking in the glory of all the bounty and all the choices. We have one milk in Costa Rica. One. We have one bread company. Can you say Monopoly, anyone? We have one bread maker, and we have one, what did I just say, maker of dairy products. One maker of butter. You better learn to like it, people, is all I'm saying, because that's all you're going to get. So when I come to the U.S., I'm, I'm always like, Mom, I'm going here. You want to come? And she's like, no, because you'll be there for four hours, and I don't want to be there for four hours. And you know what? She's right. It's okay. It's okay. I can, I can live with it. So back to our words. You know, I mentioned something earlier to you about being negative and giving an evil report. And I said to you, as God had shown me that that's even, now I'm not saying we need to cuss, all right, but I'm saying he showed me that like that's worse than being someone that goes around and uses obscenity, is just being someone who gives the negative evil report. Let's do this. Um, I would like for you to go two more verses to Ephesians chapter 4. That's right, Ephesians chapter 4. You know what? Let me just say this to you. If you're going to get anywhere with God, you got to get it in your eyes, you got to get it in your ears, and you got to get it in your heart. 
faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, I've started when I'm reading the word, I've started to read it out loud because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I have determined in my heart that I want to be persuaded by everything that the word of God says. And sometimes when you see a promise in there, you're like, I don't know. I haven't seen that so far. But I am forcing myself, because I have a will just like you do, to conform myself to what the word says. And that's how I'm going to see it come to pass in my life. And I want to encourage you guys that way too. Ephesians 4.29, that's chapter 4, verse 29. Carol, are you there? Wyatt, are you there? Wyatt, where is your Bible? Have I taught you nothing? No, I'm just teasing. I'm so teasing. Wyatt, you know, I'm joking. I already messed up this morning. I'm sorry, Wyatt. Does everyone know Wyatt? I messed up this morning. I said something to him that, I, you know, I just get so excited and it just comes out. Um, okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Listen to this. Let no foul or polluting language. So, you know, don't cuss up a storm, right? Nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him, because by him you were sealed. You were branded as God's own for the day of redemption." Okay, let's go back. Verse 29, it says, Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word. Last night as I was praying and getting ready for this, and I had, you know, I had done it. I had done that several times. I had met with the Lord about today, but he, he amplified to me that evil word. Don't let an evil word come out of your mouth. Who did that? That's great. Brother, there he, he goes again. Okay, evil word. And the Lord reminded me in Numbers. Go to Numbers chapter 13. So go back to the Old Testament right at the beginning. Numbers chapter 13. Can you all hang with me for just a few more minutes? Maybe you have a snack in your purse or in your man bag. Do you know where I live? Men carry man bags. And Scott won't do it. Men have, do you know men have started to wear um, rompers. Has anybody else seen that? Isn't that crazy? Anyway, deviation. Go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 32. Let's talk about that evil word. You guys know the story of Joshua and Caleb. In a nutshell, this is what gets me. God said, I'm in chapter 13, verse 1, book of Numbers. And the Lord said to Moses, send men to explore and scout out for yourselves the land of Canaan, which I give to the Israelites. So God had already given it. From each tribe of their fathers, you will send a man, everyone a leader or a head among them. So notice in verse 1, he says, which I give them. In other words, God's already given it, but you just have to walk it out. Okay? They send, you know, they, they do what God said, right? They do what God said. Joshua and Caleb happened to be on that trip. They spent time out in the wilderness. They, they went to all kinds of places and did all kinds of things. Verse 25, and they returned from scouting out the land after 40 days. They came to Moses and Aaron and to all the Israelite congregation in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh and brought them word and showed them the land's fruit. Verse 27, they told Moses, remember Moses was the guy in charge, we came to the land which you sent us. Surely it flows with milk and honey. 
And this is its fruit because they had found those huge grapes, right? Verse 28, but the people who dwell there are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, there we saw the sons of Anak or Anak of great stature and courage. I'm going to verse 30. Here's Caleb. He says, this says, Caleb quieted the people before Moses. So they started out talking about the good, but then came the reasons why it couldn't be done. Here comes Caleb, quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to conquer it. But his fellow scouts said, we're not able to go against the people of Canaan, for they're stronger than we are. Verse 32, so they brought the Israelites an evil report of the land, which they had scouted out. Evil report. Listen, they weren't cussing, were they? They weren't like, you know, hurling vulgarity or anything like that. What was the evil report? God said, I already give you the land. He said, I give it to you. In other words, it's yours, right? Now, did they still have to, you know, walk things out the way we have to do in Costa Rica? Yes. But here's the kicker. God said, I have given you the land already. It was considered evil in the sight of God that they did not agree with what he said was already theirs. But Caleb and Joshua, let us at once go to possess it for we are well able to conquer. That's what God wants you to say. That's what he wants me to say. Listen, it is not easy to live where I live. I said this to Danny and Carol yesterday. I never knew that when God asked us to start this school in this small town, that it would plant me like right inside of a war of words and gossip and we're better than you are and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. There was one other school in town when we got there, not a Christian school, a very atheist school. Um, this woman is, is just kind of mean-spirited. She's always saying mean things about us. People come to us all the time and say, she's talking about you again. She's saying this, 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 and that. And, you know, it's, it's just a small town. My mom grew up in a small town, and she tells me small towns are like that everywhere. And now there's someone else, a very liberal atheist man who has turned him, himself from God, doesn't want anything to do with God, is coming into our town as well. And he wants to start another school. So you've got UCA. You've got the school that existed before us, and now you've got someone else coming in to start a school because they don't like that we're Christian. They don't think that that stodgy kind of thing is, is fitting to the area. So they're going to come in, and they're going to, you know, run us out, right? No. <laughs> no. Would you agree with me? No. God is not done there. God gave Scott and I a word about three months ago that he said, I give you Costa Rica. It is yours. And about a year and a half before that, we were traveling, and he took me to Joshua. I woke up at like 4 a.m., John. We were partners in this waking up early. I woke up at like 4 a.m., and I thought, I'm going to read the book of Joshua. And I started in chapter 1, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, you are like the Israelites. This is the land to which I've sent you. I have already given it to you, but I need you to go in and conquer. He has told me, Bridget, he says three times in chapter one, only be very strong and courageous. Only don't give up. Only keep going. Let me tell you, Bridget is not a person. I don't want to tangle with you. I don't want to worry about who's bigger, better, or faster. I just want to be your friend. And it's so funny because God has put me 
in this community where I'm not liked just because I'm a Christian or people are talking about me just because I'm a Christian. And I can work with that. But lately it's been like, you know, this thing about trying to, um, you know, be better than we are or to have more students. And people come and say, you know, what are you going to do? They're doing this. What are you going to do? They said this. What are you going to do? And I'm like, wait a minute. God told me that he's given me this land. God told me that he wants us, as time goes on, to have many schools in Costa Rica. God has told me this, so I'm not pulling back. Honestly, I feel like I'm in the furnace right now. And there have been so many times I've thought, oh, could we just sneak out? You know, could we just sneak out and go back to where we came from? But I can't because kids are getting saved. Whole first grade classes are coming to Jesus. The sons and daughters of prominent wealthy people who, who sometimes when you have a lot of money, you do have influence, right? It's just a fact of life. Their kids are getting saved. Their kids are coming to Jesus. No, we will not leave. No, we will not back down. And I ask you to agree with me. You know, you guys are important to us. When I think about going and being a part of a body of Christ in Indiana, you're it. Does that, like, make you happy? You know, I want you to feel special. I mean it. I mean it. I know we don't get to talk all the time. I'm not a big Facebooker. And honestly, Scott and I are really very busy. But what you do how you pray for us, how you remember us here, it's a really, really big deal to us. And I want you to think about that. If God has already given you something, the same way that he had already given them the promised land, right? If God's already given you something, and you know he wants you to do this, or you know he wants you to have that in your own personal life, don't start thinking you're humble by saying, oh, it could never happen. Oh, I don't know if I'm the right person. Oh, I don't know if I've got what it takes. No, I'm here to tell you, you will have to be strong and you will have to be courageous and you will have to set your face like flint, as Pastor Enlow used to say, and determine that you're going to take the land. Can you do it? I think you can. You guys are tired. Are the blood sugar levels going low? I'm having fun. You know, Pastor Chuck and Miss Noni, I'll go ahead and wrap up now. Do you guys care if I offer to pray for people if they want it? Okay. Okay. I'm going to pray for you guys. You ready? Okay. It's almost over. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We bless you, God, and we worship you. And, Father, I just... I just tell you, I'm so thankful for what you've done for me. And I'm so thankful for what you've shown me. And I'm so thankful for how you've always got my back. And I worship you. And I praise you, and I pray for everyone who can hear my voice to recognize the greatness inside of them and that they can do all things through Christ who gives them strength, who infuses inner strength into them, that they are more than conquerors in their realm of influence, whatever that might be. And I feel the Lord saying, now is not the time. Please keep your heads bowed and, and listen. I believe the Lord is speaking. Now is not the time to back off. Now is not the time to feel like you're just too weak. You just can't do anymore. You just can't give anymore. Now is not the time. The Lord says, I need you strong. 
I need you courageous. Do not look around you and be dismayed, but I need you to hold on. I need you to be pillars. I need you to be lamps burning brightly for the cause of Christ. For the time is coming and the time is already upon you. When many are looking for hope, many are looking for answers and you've got to be the one. You've got to be the one, says the Lord, for I've called you for such a time as this. While others are fainting and others are falling over and others are giving in and giving way, I've called you to be strong, says the Lord. And that's what I call you today. You are strong in me and in the power of my might, says the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We receive it today. And Father, I bless everyone who can hear my voice. And God, I thank you publicly before them for what they've done, for who they are, and for how they care. It means so much to me. It means so much to my husband and my kids. And we thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, anybody who wants to stay, if you'd like for me to pray with you for you or about a situation, it would just be my honor to do it. But I wanted to say this about my husband because, you know, he can't be here. But I want to tell you, he's a pretty strong dude. I mean, you know, we moved there and I speak Spanish, but he doesn't. And... (laughs) You know, he handles all of the details, all of the financial details. There are all these offices you always have to go to to get this permit and that permit. And, and, you know, he doesn't even now know a whole lot of Spanish, but he just goes for it. And that's what I love about him. He's like, you know, he knows God has called us to be there, and he just goes for it, and he does it. And through that willingness, even though he's probably the least likely candidate just because he doesn't speak the language, God works and moves in him. And he is an amazing person. He's an amazing man. And sometimes I just think, oh my gosh, you know, you don't even know what they're saying and yet you're getting the job done. <laughs> it's just it's just so awesome. So I just want to give credit to him. And I feel like that's always good to, um, you know, to, to edify your spouse in front of other people. He's an amazing person. And he's super amazing right now because he's trucking my kids everywhere to all the places they want to go. And he's doing it alone on unpaved roads, you know in the middle of a third world country. So I bless you guys today. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has blessed you, we invite you to visit us in person at the corner of Highway 31 South and Southport Road, Indianapolis, Indiana, or visit us online at FCCIndianapolis.com.